0: The Bear Essentials Podcast gives older bears a place to gather for real talk regarding topics and issues that they can relate to. Here at the Bear Essentials, we aren't just having conversations. We are looking to provide actionable intelligence through real-life experience and expertise of our guests. Our mission is to build a strong community that elevates and motivates people to go beyond their limiting beliefs by helping them realize that getting older is not an excuse to hibernate on their goals, but a reason to work harder. Hey
1: everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Charles Wallace. Today's guest is a fitness expert, a human movement specialist, and an adventure athlete. He's done this show once before, and I have to be honest, ever since that interview, I've been more motivated than ever. So please, let's welcome back Matt Scarfo thanks matt how are you
0: um my pleasure i'm doing well how are you
1: i'm doing well matt so i want to just i want to set the stage a little bit for the audience because uh obviously i mentioned it since i interviewed you the first time uh i've done things like immersed myself in a freezing cold tub of water uh decided to pound a tire with a sledgehammer for like 30 minutes plus whatnot. And I, uh, I've been keeping an eye on things that you do on social media. And, you know, about a month ago, maybe I was feeling really full of myself thinking, you know, kind of as much for me as I can be. I felt like the man I peeked at your social media and I, I was brought back to reality and I'm going to stop there. Hi everyone here at the bear essentials podcast. We talk a lot about never hibernating on your goals well, that takes a certain mindset it takes a primal mindset. So please be sure to check out our sponsor, go primal. And while shopping their website, go primal be sure to use code bear 10 and get 10% off your purchase. Trust your instincts, go primal. And I am going to let you start to let the audience know what, what you just accomplished.
0: That's really kind of you. Um, so, just got back from a trip to Nepal. Um, a wonderful organization uh, invited me to go on a Mount Everest base camp trek. Uh, the Jar Hope. Fantastic organization, trying to find a cure for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Uh, we did it to raise money. We raised um, right now about one hundred eighty thousand dollars on this trip, which is an incredible amount, and people have been extremely generous. Uh, but we went on this on this trek, and um, we did it for these young boys. And uh, it was, you know, I've never been farther away than Canada. And I don't think that quite counts if you're an American. So traveling to Nepal and having these experiences and meeting these people and spending time with these basically these three perfect strangers, these three grown men, um, you know, locked in a faraway land for about three weeks. It was um, it was quite the experience.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I peeked at your social media and I saw that you were doing this. And I'm not going to lie. I was I had been contemplating doing a 5K and I'm like, I'm. (laughs) I want to do I want to do a 5K. Uh, maybe I'll raise some money for something, you know. And then, like, I mean, honestly, I just was like blown away. Um, but on a serious note, after speaking to you, I myself started to look into after you spoke to me about Duchenne. I looked into that a little more. And Matt, can you obviously we'll have some fun, lighthearted moments here, but in all seriousness. Could you tell the audience about Duchenne?
0: Duchenne muscular dystrophy, uh, it was first diagnosed or at least named about 200 years ago. So, you know, we've basically understood this constellation of symptoms to be a disease called Duchenne muscular dystrophy. There are certainly better people out there to talk about it in depth than I am. But what I do know is that there is no cure, um, it affects mostly boys. And uh, I believe in America, we've got nearly a quarter million boys who have this disease. It's hereditary. And um, unfortunately, as the muscles in the body break down and become less and less able to be used, um, you know, that eventually begins to turn on the organs and then, Creates a, a very challenging and, and regrettably short existence for a lot of these boys, and it's it's terrifying and it's terrible. Now I don't have any children with Duchenne, thank God, um, but a lot of good people do, um, and and one of those people, Jim Rafone, who is the head of the Jar of Hope organization, um, you know, he and this other gentleman, Dylan Doden from Nebraska. Uh, got to really know and and love these men crazy experience to have together but um, you know they they were going to this mountain no matter what they were going to this mountain regardless if myself or the other gentleman uh, Joe Russo was going so Joe and I basically went as a complete support staff for these two guys to make sure that you know their mission would be accomplished even if you know, we had no idea what to expect going there, but we knew that it wasn't going to be easy at times and that it was going to have its challenges. But the fact of the matter is that these two men needed to get to base camp, do their push-ups, attempt to set a world record for push-ups at base camp and um, and create a documentary around their experiences, both on this trek and, and their own personal experiences. So, you know, we, understanding the importance of of this disease and the lives that it affects and how it affects them. um, It was critical that, that Joe and Dylan get to the top of that mountain and do what they set out to do.
1: Yeah, Matt. And just, you know, from, from me to you, uh, obviously I've told you this before and I know you don't look at yourself this way, but I made some short videos about you guys as you were away trying to help raise money. But I honestly, I, not, I'm not, I don't mean this even one bit funny Somebody like you, like those men, I look at you guys as true heroes. What you did was totally selfless. and throughout this interview, people there's going to be links for you to still continue donating. So I hope that if you haven't yet, you'll take a take a look. I know it's tight for everyone, but if you can, please, please donate. I mean i I said it in one of the videos, you know, as Matt and myself, both fathers. And I think for everyone watching, being a parent, it's probably the biggest day, the, the best day of your life. And at that point in time, you see a future filled with endless possibilities. So imagine all those possibilities around four years in, you start to see things are off and then you get this diagnosis that what you thought was a life full of potential you're going to experience all these good things with your child. Now, all of a sudden you're looking at a life expectancy of maybe early to mid twenties. And it's, it's a scary thought. So what these men did was extremely important and not only to raise money, but to raise awareness. So, so Matt, I wanted to, obviously the cause was amazing. One of the things I wanted to talk about with you a little bit today was, I know getting there itself is a bit of a long trek, And I know when I had spoke to you, you hadn't done, I would say you hadn't done a lot of training per se to get yourself (laughs) ready to go there. Kind of want to just talk to you a little bit about your mindset, especially during a long trip like that to get there doubts. Are there doubts going through your head at that point? You know,
0: no, I, I don't think that there were doubts in any of our minds um, at any point during that trip. I mean, there's certain things that you expect are going to be unexpected. And and I think by their very nature, you're not sure what they're going to be. But, you, you know, they're going to be tough. I, I mean, Dylan is uh, he's a service man. He knows what it's like to to trek long distances with a lot of weight on his back. Um, you know, the rest of the guys were we've run ultras we've done you know extended things we know that there's usually a wall waiting for you somewhere along the way that wall is always defeatable um you can always get over it it's just a matter of mind over matter uh you, going on a trek like this you're not sure what that wall looks like you can expect it's not going to look the same but it should feel the same um and just knowing that you've got these guys with you who are all there for the same purpose and no man left behind. And as long as we paced ourselves and we took our time getting there, we knew that at the end of the day, there was no other eventuality than us getting to base camp and doing that. It was certainly tough. The elevation just always seems to take its toll on you. It's insidious. It's, it's, barely noticeable but man it accumulates and it affects a lot of different people a lot of different ways but at the end of the day it it decreases your ability to do anything at a reasonable pace I think that we all felt that at least at some point during this trek Um, we got as high I'm going to estimate probably around 18,000 feet Um, and then to descend on base camp which was just a little bit lower 17.5 and change 17.6 you know we're, we're trekking, we're hiking for hours upon hours a day, and we could stop whenever we want and take a sip of water, but the elevation doesn't change. You can rest all you like. Your baseline is always decreasing because of the altitude. Um, I trained for it the best way that I thought I knew how, which was a lot of breath-holding techniques, a lot of high-intensity exercises uh, with breath-holding, basically trying to suffocate myself while working out and keeping my blood oxygen really low, and I did measure it and I measured it intently. But for those of the group that didn't do that kind of training, the fact is is it's really a testament to how much influence your mind and your will has over your ability to succeed at something, Um, if not the same amount, then more than actual training will. Um, you and you know this having kind of crossed the threshold now and doing endurance activities and you know knowing that it's you're waiting for it not to get easy or not to stay easy. So you know I trained for it, but I, I performed just as well as the guys that didn't, frankly because the guys that did it had an indomitable will to get this done. I mean their motivation, their drive was, was greater than any amount of training that I think anybody could have done. And the fact is, is that they were getting to base camp, they were doing their pushups, they were going to use this as a demonstration for the cause and a demonstration for their love for their kids, <laughs> whether or not, you know, they trained for it, whether or not I was there. I mean, this this was going to happen. I mean, you could you, you could have called it done before we even left for the trip. These guys were that motivated.
1: Yeah, and Matt, I could tell by some of the videos. I, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. The one video that I saw when you finally you guys got to base camp, and it was right before you did the push ups. And man, listening to was it Joe, whoever the the guy, ten push ups. That's his mission. Is that I don't. I want to give the name. Is it Joe?
0: Uh, that's Jim. I appreciate Jim. that. It's Jim.
1: Jim. Yeah. I mean, just to hear the way he and and somebody else made this comment and it came through in this i mean it was first you could feel the love he had for his son james and then you know they had said you know you guys are driven by love rage and desperation and in that moment listening to both of them speak all three of those emotions just came through i honestly got chills and it was one of the most amazing things that I've ever witnessed. And I just, I want to say thanks to all you guys for allowing all of us to be a part of it in some way and to watch and follow along. Um, I think I sent you a message that said, I, I, was, I was there every day, man. I wake up in the morning and I was looking to see if you had posted. I was trying to follow. It, it just, it was such an experience to witness and I just, again, it just shows your th- things that we've talked about, about the mind probably being potentially our greatest friend or our greatest enemy, right? Um, it, it showed. And I just, again, I, I can't give you guys enough credit.
0: Really appreciate that. I, I know the part of the video that you're talking about, I, I got to the video from the front perspective when Jim and Dylan are talking into the camera right before we do the pushups, I got to see that from right behind them and, and getting to know these guys and knowing how much I love my kids and assuming they love their kids just as much the, the gravity of that moment. I'm so glad that it was caught on camera um, because it, it really does kind of give you an insight into I mean, listen, we're, we're four tough guys, or at least we think we are, right? We're middle age, except for, except for Dylan, who I think is, I don't know, 32, 33, young guy. But we, we were going to, we were going to do this and we were going to do this in spite of all of the challenges. Dylan had said it more than a few times and I'm going to misquote him and I apologize Dylan for this, but he said that climbing this mountain, is little compared to the mountains that his son and other kids with duchens need to climb every single day. This mountain is nothing. And he kept reminding us of that um, over and over. And that was really what was pulling us through? So when we were doing the pushups at the end, or uh, in that video, and Dylan had his opportunity to tell his son Connor how much he loved him, and that's the moment I think you're talking about that kind of hits like a dagger to the heart. I mean, you see that you've got these these strong men out there, and and they they deal with it, and they deal with it because they have to, and it's the right thing to do. And as a good man, right, we try to take the burdens of the ones that we love and shoulder them ourselves, and to see. These guys do that, but do it in such a human kind of way really brings the whole situation home. You can't help but to feel a pretty close approximation of what he feels during that moment that he's saying that. Right. I mean, that was such a strong and powerful moment that, you know, that that, I don't know that that just needs to kind of hang there in time because of how I, I think impactful that was.
1: And Matt, right here, honestly, when I um, when I edit this, I'm actually going to put that in this interview. No, I, I honestly I want for people that haven't seen it. I don't think you and I can give it justice. It got me and it was just amazing. So I want everybody in case they haven't seen it. I do want them to just experience that. And just it was a moment of pure Pure love and a father that is willing to do whatever he needs. I'm
0: terrible The Team James is down here at Base Camp
1: of Mount Everest in Nepal. We're about to set a world record. You know, my campaign is 10 push ups for $10. My quest is to travel the world and spread the word of Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Why? It's my mission, this man's mission is to find a cure for two shams. J.G., Daddy loves you, buddy. Carter, Daddy will always do whatever he can.
0: Supposition!
1: position. No, I think as fathers, we all say we're willing to do whatever we have to do for our children. And I think, thank God for most of us. It doesn't get to that point, uh, but for these men, it's it's at that point, and they are they are actually living what a lot of us say we would be willing to do. They're being forced to live it and to actually prove it, and they are. I can tell you to everyone, we'll be right back after a word from NGBN TV.
0: Charles, I just wanted to welcome you and all the bare essential listeners and watchers to NGBN.com. TV. My name is Chris Rubio and I'm the host of the Rubio Method. We are a show about men's mental health that comes out every other Wednesday with myself and my co-host Nick Monahan. We navigate the uh, zone of men turning into middle age and going through health crises, whether it's mental, physical, and we have a good time while doing it. We tell a lot of funny stories. We have great, great interviews and guests, and it's just an all-around good time for about a half an hour to 45 minutes. So make sure you check out the Rubio Method as well on ngbn.tv, YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Amazon podcast. And once again, from the Rubio Method to the bare essentials, welcome to ngbn.tv.
1: So, Matt, were there any spots along this, you know, along the expedition, I will say, where I there was I wanted to mention this because this I read the one day that you mentioned this. I think you were talking about some hypoxia that had started and you very nonchalantly just said, yeah, hypoxia is something like that. And you just, you just have to force yourself to hyperventilate to get the feeling back in your uh, fingers and toes. And I know when I read it, I was like, Oh, is that all? I just have to hyperventilate. (laughs) (laughs) So is that, was that something that you were dealing with a lot over there?
0: Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, now, I, I felt like I knew enough to do it in a preventative way. I mean, I, I naturally just try to nose breathe. I'm, I'm, I'm a nose breather. I always nose breathe even during my hardest cardio It's something that I've really tried to develop and train myself to be able to do. And I think that that certainly helps at elevation. And at, I mean, the oxygen level up at those heights is significantly less than it is here at ground level. And and when, when hypoxemia starts to set in that's when it's really like low blood oxygen hypoxia is when it, it starts to get to the organs it's I'd say it's um, you know a layer or two deeper but when you start to feel your fingers tingling and your toes tingling you just supercharge the intake you know I, I breathed quick I breathe deeply in some of the videos you might be able to hear me breathing um, and it sounds like I'm I'm intentionally taking deep drawn out and quick breaths um, it, it it did help. I think it was probably one of the greater tools that I had when any of us started feeling like the altitude was starting to get, you know, sink its teeth in, uh, we would encourage each other to just, you know, breathe deep, breathe hard, breathe deep, breathe hard. And, um, and that seemed to really do well in taking us out of the, you know, out of that hole, at least for a little bit.
1: And Matt, were there any points during it? I know in a couple of the, you know, pictures and videos, uh, you know, that some of the bridges, right? I've seen you guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, how How is that?
0: I, some people have an easier time with bridges than others. Um, I'm not one of those people. I actually had a conversation with my son earlier about it. And um, I, it's one of those things where I'd prefer not to walk over you know crevasses that are that deep where death is certain if you fall off or trip i mean they've got them pretty well fortified but you know their their road department out there is a little bit different than what we're used to out here in the states so there are some of these planks on the bridges that are missing a bolt or two it's not like there's holes or gaps and you know you can fall through but you know it's certainly concerning and you're also sharing these bridges that are in some cases thousands of feet over the valley floor with you know a herd of of yaks or donkeys that are carrying propane tanks on their back and um you know it's i i There was many times that I wish there was an easier way, Uh, but in a situation like that, you can't say, you know, I'm just going to stay down here. I'll see you guys in 11 days. You know, you're you're there, no matter what. And and knowing that I was going to have to do some things that would make me uncomfortable in order to see these guys through to their, you know, to the end of their mission, um, you kind of just suck it up and and go with the flow. But sometimes it's uh, it's a pretty uncomfortable flow especially when you've got to cross bridges like this over, uh, over expanses like that.
1: And Oh, by the way, for people that hadn't seen maybe the video, uh, on, that I had posted, you know, not only did Matt and they had to cross the bridge at one point they decided it was a good idea to do pushups on the bridge. <laughs> and Matt that I know, obviously it's a serious thing. You guys were over there, but that day that I read when you said, you know, uh, we're just following orders he's actually crazy (laughs) that that was that kind of summed it up but uh again watching this transpire was amazing um so i want to kind of give it maybe a shout out here let you give a shout out here because i've seen the last couple days you definitely have been giving some Props to your guide. Seems like he played a very important role in helping you guys accomplish what you did. Uh, I'll let you talk about that a little bit.
0: Ramesh. Oh God, Ramesh. You know, I, I made a comment to somebody. I feel like that we're introduced to the people in our lives that we need to meet like right at the time that we need to meet them. And I don't think, and I think that we're all in agreement that this would have been a completely different experience if we had gone with if we'd been matched with anybody else, Um, Ramesh was, he was just our kind of guy, you know, from a completely different culture, completely different customs, completely different part of the world, um, completely different driving traffic patterns, um, which is a whole nother story. Uh, But this guy managed to keep us safe keep us from eating the things that we probably shouldn't have been eating, made sure that we had the absolute best time that we possibly could have had. And it really wasn't long after meeting him. Did we feel like it was really just one of our friends who knew more about this than we did and, and earned our trust enough to just allow us to him to take us on this incredible and, you know, unexpected trek. I mean, it was like doing it with a best friend. And, um, you know, we, we, we learned what kind of guy he was. I think part of the adventure was just learning about Ramesh and, and watching Ramesh learn about us. I mean, four American guys walking around the streets in Nepal, all of us with tattoos, and beards and everything, you know, it, we definitely didn't blend in. <laughs> um, but Ramesh did a great job of, you know, steering us clear. He didn't just help manage our our trek he helped manage our whole experience in um, in Kathmandu while we were there so we did the sightseeing um, he walked us around he taught us about customs uh, for a matter of fact he took me to the monastery twice uh, towards the end of the whole trip to Nepal um, and I went and I got to kind of share his faith with him in a building of his faith which to me meant a, a lot I feel like that's a really big gift from from certain people and from him it certainly was Uh, The experience was absolutely incredible, but Ramesh, man, he, he put it together. There, there's nobody else. There's nobody else that could have did it like, like he did. And um, we, we couldn't be thankful enough for the serendipity of, you know, that relationship. That was great. He's great.
1: Yeah. I was starting to, um, I was wondering about that myself. I mean, just seeing some of your videos and seeing, seeing the four of you, I was, I was actually, you know, it it did give me a bit of a chuckle thinking of seeing you guys, you know, walking around there and what those people (laughs) looking at you guys must have been, must have been thinking. So that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, Matt, I did, since you mentioned it, I did want to ask you about it. You mentioned that um, experience you had with with Ramesh. Uh, Was it a Buddhist monastery that you went to?
0: It was. It was.
1: you actually had put something out there that you said that it was a very uh, transformative experience. Uh, would you talk about that a little bit?
0: It was, you know, as a as a Westerner, I like to think that I know how to meditate, especially since I've been, you know, I I paid deliberate attention to it and I try to make sure that I'm doing it right. But being surrounded by people who have really perfected the art of it, um, and being in this monastery, being invited into this house of worship, being treated like I was completely, that I was no different. And I was certainly a little bit different. Um, seeing the art, being part of just that whole experience was absolutely incredible. I got to watch them um, at least almost finish a mandala, you know, the sand art on the floor and a very intricate design I mean it's so it's surgical how these guys place these grains of sand it's it's absolutely amazing and then once it's complete they destroy it um, basically signifying that there's nothing in life that's permanent Uh, and and that had certain significance um, for me for a lot of different reasons Uh, it just kind of drives a few key points home but being there and and closing my eyes and meditating, I did feel as though, you know, the energy was a little bit different. I felt as though I was able to connect with something that I'd been yearning to connect with. I don't know how fleeting it was. I haven't tried meditating since I've gotten home, but there's, there's a certain majesty to it that's palpable. Um, and if anybody's ever invited into, you know, doing a service or being in a monastery at a time where the monks are, doing their thing i i I encourage them to do that because it is it it is transformative
1: and matt when you went in there was it after you guys had already was it after base camp or before
0: Mm -hmm. it was after
1: do you think um you think the fact that you know what you had just went through maybe that combined with going in there do you think it maybe even had more of an impact because of what you had just been through and also the reason why you were there
0: You know, I do. I I think that there's certainly it's got to be greater than a coincidence that everything happened in the order that it did. Um, Having been there after the trip, I I definitely felt like I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual person and I felt like I needed to make some sort of connection to the universe and I would have done it through meditation or prayer or, you know, however I chose to kind of put my, put my feelings out there and being able to Go into that monastery, the art was just so loud. Um but it was but it was comfortable. Um certainly nothing that I'm used to being born and raised as a Roman Catholic. Different, certainly a different vibe. Um, not necessarily better or worse, but definitely definitely different. But it, it still allowed me to make that connection to the universe. I felt as though I needed to express gratitude and be thankful, and to um, you know name all of my blessings and and express my appreciation for them, um, after seeing the type of men that Joe, Jim, and Dylan are, and and seeing the challenges that Jim and Dylan in particular face, going in there and expressing appreciation was extremely important for me. You know that was definitely a connection that I needed to make, and um, being able to do it in that kind of forum. I think was more significant than it would have been otherwise.
1: And Matt, obviously you're there for a cause that's much bigger than yourself, but selfishly, as you're there, does does homesickness, things like that, does it start to play with your emotions a bit?
0: I think all of us were pretty excited to get home and be with our families shortly after we even arrived in Kathmandu, to be honest. You know, I was looking forward to going but just as much as so I was looking forward to coming home. I mean, that, that's the long period of time to spend away from your family, especially when you're being reminded that it's family that you're really there for in support of. Um, so it, it does make it homesick. And I feel like it, it almost makes your family feel farther away based on the depth of the emotion of the reason why we were there in the first place. Um, but, I, but I think that that was necessary. I, I think that that was part of the sacrifice that was part of you know, the reason why we were going was to create that separation and to, you know, all four of us be together and just let each other know that at the end of the day, you know, they don't have to do this alone. Uh, My family will be okay. They'll be fine when I get back. But in the meantime, you know, each of us were really focused on each of us. And, and that was a that was a beautiful thing actually about the entire experience was the fact that you've got four guys, you know, four, four tough guys that that do stupid and hard things for the fun of it. And we're there for a cause that's very deep and very emotional. And um, I think that if you love your kids as much as these men love their kids and as much as you and I love our kids, that there's no way that you cannot be touched by you know, by, by this demonstration, by this struggle that these guys face and that their kids face every single day.
1: So this experience, I I can only imagine from a perspective of obviously for you, you know, you get to come home and like you said, your family, your children, healthy, myself, my family, my children healthy, you know, they have different, the other men, different things to deal with. So I'm sure one of the things as far as growth, you know, Probably more gratitude uh, than even before, right? Before you leave, I'm sure now you're even more grateful for what you have and feel fortunate. Um, but from a perspective of knowing who you are and knowing that you like to do things that are hard, right? Do you think this has now changed you in a way that made you grow more That now? Are you going to be looking for things even harder than this now?
0: Of course. Absolutely. Um, It's funny that you asked that because I had somebody send me a message yesterday that was like, now, why the hell would you go to Mount Everest and not climb Mount Everest? And I was like, I wish I had a good answer for that. I mean, it it takes a while. Um, I mean, you're looking at many, many weeks to acclimatize to that kind of elevation and work your way up that mountain. You can't just show up, climb it and go home. Uh, At least most of us can't. Um, I was talking to the guide uh, Ramesh about this and he said I should come back and just try, I guess what's easily described is like their beginner mountain out there, which isn't a very technical climb, but it gets you used to some of the language and some of the terms and the way that you would end up making your way up the mountain and set you up for, you know, successively more and more difficult mountains. Um, you know, I would, and I but I can tell you that if you're gonna do something that's remarkable, if you're gonna do something that is you know, out of the ordinary for you, chances are it's out of the ordinary for a whole lot more people. And if it's done with goodwill, it can garner a lot of attention for something that requires a lot of attention. And, you know, climbing a mountain, even if it's an easy mountain, I think anything like that, or even a thousand tire sledges, or, you know, you're running a marathon and it's it's a hard thing for you to do if you can do it for a cause, you know, there's no greater way to pay things forward than to create awarenesses and and support for other people's issues. Um, Knowing that the universe will always take care of your own, that if you can help bring awareness and attention to the plight or the challenges that other people face, then there is no more there's no more noblest thing that you can do. So if I do climb a mountain, you can bet your ass that I'm going to do it for Jamesy and I'm going to do it for Connor. Um, and you can bet your ass that that we're going to get these kids into the clinical trial that we're raising money for. And um, we're going to move this ball further, to, you know, one yard at a time in order to get these kids to cure. And if I've got to do more and more fantastic things in order to raise more and more attention, um, these kids can rely on me to do that.
1: Matt, honestly, man, you are, you're doing God's work, my friend. You really are. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. And you have, and I told you this before, and I know, I, I know you don't look at, I don't think you look at yourself as being this, <laughs> this larger than life motivational guy and I want to tell you now, I promise you this, I am going to be on your ass to make you start (laughs) putting this out there. We need, we people need people like you. And trust me when I tell you this, you, I think you have an impact that's further reaching than you realize. And if you meeting, you know how you just said about maybe people are put in each other's lives at the right time. I'm actually starting to think that we came together for a reason. And obviously for me, I can learn from you to do harder things, but I think you're going to have this guy in your ear telling you that your, your reach is way greater than you even imagine. And I think that's something you have to, it's, it's great responsibility and I don't mean to burden you with it, but it's true. (laughs) And
0: I, I, I hope you're right.
1: No, man, you are, you do amazing things. And this cause is amazing. And anything that you do, I, in any way that I can help, I will absolutely help in any possible way I can. Um, you know, I just, I guess we'll end with this. I You mentioned about doing harder things in the mountain. You know, I think what I like people besides donating money and really make themselves aware and try to help Matt and the rest of the guys raise more money for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. I think Matt just touched on something that we all have to think about we all need a mount everest in our life and it may not be mount everest but for each of us that's our own thing and we need to figure that out and we need to push ourselves to do harder things and while we're doing it like matt said if we can do those harder things to benefit others and pay it forward i think this world and as matt likes to say the universe it's gonna be a much much better place and we're 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 better already with people like matt and those men who who did this unbelievable expedition. So Matt, thanks. Thanks again. Um, let you end with, obviously I'm going to put in the links, but where can they find you, this cause, all that good stuff?
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, Jarofhope.org, of Hope.org. J-A-R of hope.org. Um, that's uh, Jim's organization. And um, they do, they do great things for kids. I mean, they're, they're totally for, finding a cure for this. There's no selfishness. There's no ego in this at all for them. It is all men trying to save their kids' lives. Um, you could find me just a simple Google search, Matt Scarfo, uh, shouldn't be really that hard to come across, but I'm pretty active on Instagram at Matt Scarfo, um, YouTube at Matt Scarfo. I mean, I'll take all the attention I can get. I promise I'll keep doing interesting things for really good people. And, um, go to jar of hope, make a donation. We're real close to $200,000 right now. I, I bet Jim, I took the over on 203,000. I'm about 23,000 short. So every dollar counts. If not, I'll probably have to buy the guy dinner or something. So, um, anybody out there that can help us cross that threshold would be greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah. So any, everyone please. And like I said, I'm going to make sure that have these links that you guys can just click and go make a donation. Um, It's, it's a great cause. And please make sure if you can, like I said, donate, uh, be sure to, to follow this man. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Um, we probably should do a public service announcement though. If you do follow this man, you may end up finding yourself doing some crazy shit that you probably never (laughs) dreamed of, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, all right, Matt, well, thanks again for your time. Um, I, Again, talking to you always brightens my day, and it just – it's a fun time. And, you know, I might have to go hit some tire sledges or something after. This, <laughs> I after appreciate this that, yeah. Charles. So, all right, everyone. Thanks again. Uh, donate, donate, donate. Matt, you take care. Bye. Thank you.
0: This has been the Bear Essentials. Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals.